Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hour number two for the first of three times today. I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Hamm, where the Insiders are taking you up to 2 o'clock. Typically, we go to noon and then hand it off to D'Lo and KC, but D'Lo and KC, as well as Jesse, are off this week. So, we're rocking till 2. And um, you will hear that second hour intro two more times today. So, this is our first second hour. Are we going to have a second, second hour and a third, second hour? Yes. Yes. thousand percent. I am down for this. Yeah, I'm not re-racking the actual show open. We're just going to have the... Because we don't we don't usually do four hours, so we don't have like a third and fourth hour like intro. Okay. So it's just... It's a, it, it's second hour three times. I'm all right. I am too. It's great. Yeah. It's like second, uh, second dinner. Like we're hobbits. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> second dinner thousand percent um when you start talking about lord of the rings to me that goes over the your head it doesn't all go over my head i've seen the movies i think i read the hobbit in third grade okay second grade maybe i think it's a samwise gamgee fifth grade was uh was but yeah um i just don't i don't follow it enough no it's okay okay all right yeah i mean i there are very few movies i can bring up I'm going to have to start sending like a stack of movies home with you every weekend. I don't know. Don't do that. For God's <laughs> sakes, don't do that. I already have multiple spreadsheets with multiple people about movies I need to watch. Oh. So I've got it. It's just. They send you spreadsheets? The more No, no, no. I've, ma- I've created spreadsheets <laughs> that I'm like, okay, fine. I'll throw it on the list. I could go on the list and I'll try and get to it someday. But honestly, the more people push me to watch a movie, I'm like, mm. No, thanks. I think that that, like on the, the King's Beat podcast, that's what happens with Brendan. Like he, he gets pushed so hard to watch a movie and then, well, first of all, he can't stay awake through an entire movie. So it takes him like four times of watching mm. movie to get to the end. Got it. Um, but uh, yeah, I also think it becomes like almost like a, a phobia. Like we push a movie so hard on him that it, he all of a sudden he doesn't want to yeah, it's not, get through it. It's not a, fo- it's more like I had so many people tell me like, you have to watch um, the Gladiator. Was one. You okay. have to watch it. You have to watch it. You have. Oh my God, the gla- oh, oh. And then I watch it, and I'm like, okay, it was fine. I didn't love. It. And then people get pissed that I didn't love it. Yeah, like, dude, what do you want from me, bro? <laughs> They're like, oh, Arthur Aurelius Maximus Dumbledore, or whatever the hell the guy's name is. Like, yeah, no, I get it. That that was a cool. That was a cool scene. I get it. But look, I'm not 12 years old watching this movie. This isn't the first time I've seen blood on a movie screen. So yeah. I'm freaking out about the movie, and that's what you're still holding on to. I was a 28 year old dude watching this movie for the first time that came out freaking 20 years ago. It was fine. It was just okay. I'll probably never watch it again. It's very long. And people get so mad at that. Uh, like, I'm so... Dude, do you want me to watch the the damn movie or not? <laughs> because it, Rocky... Look, Rocky, good movie. I enjoyed Rocky. Yeah. I would watch Rocky again. Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4. That's the same movie. I got... I got. I watched the same movie a bunch of times with different characters. You probably could have watched, like, Rocky 2, and it would have encapsulated, like, most of them. Yeah, man. And I get, like, okay, I get the... Me, Mick. Like, okay, I get the reference now. All right, I get throw the damn towel, the gif. I know the reference. Okay, great, Adrian. Adrian, right? I get it all, right? Yeah. But okay, great. I'm up to I'm up to speed on 1977 pop culture references. You know, I'm just I don't. That's the worst part, and I think we that's the thing. That, I think that's the thing that gets me the most. Is like, okay, you want me to watch these movies? Okay, what's the, the dead to me? De- better off dead. Dead oh, to me. Great uh, show. No, better off dead. Better off dead. If I watch that movie and don't like it, you're going to be like, 
oh, what? Uh, it's a you problem. So I'm just going to not watch it. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I don't I don't get judgy after the fact. I, I know that, like, uh, again, like Sean always pushes the movie Life on Brendan, uh, which is what Eddie Murphy and uh, Martin Lawrence, right? Sure. I, I didn't really particularly care for Life. Like, I, it's not one of, like, my top ten movies. Yeah. Uh, comedies and stuff, but that's okay. Like to each his own. Yeah. But like I've watched so many movies that when someone says, "Hey, can you you should watch this?" I'm like, uh, "Okay." Yeah. And there's there's some movies that get like The Godfather. Like it's you just have to watch that to know like the references and all that. Like okay, fine, I'll get there. Yeah. But there's other movies that people try and push on me that I'm like, look, because you that that does not sound like a movie I would like. I'm sorry. Okay. Like I'm sure Manchester by the Sea is a great movie, but I'm out on I'm out on the films of Casey Affleck. You know, it's just no, that's I, okay. I, I don't know. Anyways, it was I all love right. That, I love that I'm not a movie guy, but I just have staunch Casey Affleck opinions. It, it was it was <laughs> it was a, a little drawn out, a little long. Hey, Charlie's here. Yeah, Charlie's in the building. Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff this week. Charlie, I I heard he got it. Okay. Uh, now that Charlie's here, I'm going to do this read. Golden Sky 2024 is going to be three big rowdy days of country music and all the festival fixings you can handle under the sun and stars. Well, rumor has it that the festival fixing is beer. Uh, get your crew lined up because ESPN 1320 has your chance to win weekend passes. Just visit ESPN1320.com and fill out the online entry form for a chance to win two weekend passes and qualify to upgrade to two VIP weekend passes. Yeehaw. That totally felt like... It totally felt like your mom came in your room and like, are you studying? Like, sure, I'm studying. Like, yeah, I'm totally you studying. The book. Studying for Golden Sky 2024. <laughs> That's right. This geometry homework, Golden Sky. Also today, 4.30 p.m., the Cotton Bowl. That Mizzou-Ohio State game, scorching hot. Uh, SEC Big Ten action. You can hear that right here. 4.30 is when coverage begins for the Cotton Bowl between the Mizzou Tigers and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Apparently, Ohio State is starting a quarterback who wears number 33. Okay. They have no chance. <laughs> oh, no. If your quarterback's wearing 33, you're toast. That's right. Is that Roger Craig, right? 33? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think Charlie's bringing me a list Larry of Bird. reads as well, even though I, I typically don't read them. Oh, well, t- well, well, well I'm not going to continue doing all the, the... We have so many... Look at... Oh, the, my gosh. We have gosh. so many games coming up. We have the Cotton Bowl. That if I sat here and read through the rest of them, it would eat the rest of the segment. Well, there, it's it's the first segment of the second second hour of the first second hour. No, I know we I we need to talk about the damn Sacramento Kings, James. That's right, we do. They're in the ATL. Let's do it. The They're ATL. playing the Hawks. That's right. Who score a ton of points? They they They're not don't very play good. Any defense? They're not very good. They're they're like the Walmart brand Pacers. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although they have, I, I think they have more. They have better all-around players. They just, I, I would agree with you. They're not as fun. They don't play any defense at all. Yeah, that's my holdup with the DeJounte Murray thing. But he's a good he's defender. A good, right, he's a good defender, but what's going on there that... My always my issue with him when he was young was always that he was a turnover machine. Like, mm-hmm. I, like it just loose handles and, and did silly things. Then he fixed all of that and he was an all-star. Now I kind of feel like he's not an all-star anymore. But that doesn't mean he's not a really good player. I have so many. Dude, so we had a caller yesterday. 916-909-1320, by the way, if you want to join the conversation. 916-909-1320 is the number. I have so many thoughts because we had a caller yesterday calling and go, hey, what about DeJounte Murray as a trade target for the Kings? And you and I kind of talked about that a little bit. I don't want to talk about DeJounte Murray specifically, but there's a bunch of dominoes that come with that that I really, really want to dive into with you. Oh, okay. And I'm down. I, I'm... Maybe we save it for the, hesitant, the the second segment of the third second hour. The third second hour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kings, Kings Hawks tonight. We're going to talk about it, I promise. Okay. Uh, you know, Clint Capella is a guy that I... He's sort of a mixture guy. He's a, a big guy who normally uh, Sabonis would just like shoulder under the rim and and then go up and score on. But that's not who he is. He's bigger and a yeah. shot blocker. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like the mixture. I would take Clint Capella on this roster. Clint Capella, I think, is a good big. I, I think the. I used to be yeah. out on Clint Capella when he was at the Rockets because he was just like strictly pick and roll. It was super easy to run him off the floor. Yeah. I. I. 
maybe that's what the Kings do tonight. But I think he's I think he's a little bit more versatile than that now. Like he's grown a lot as a player. All right, since going to Atlanta. But like you said, it, I, it's it's hard to be like, oh yeah, Dejounte Murray's a great defender, and and Clint Capella is a great defender, and Sadiq Bay and all these guys when they can't play any defense. Yeah, and they have Quinn Snyder. Like Quinn Snyder is a good coach. At least I think. I don't know. I love Quinn Snyder. As They're a, coach. a weird team, man. Yeah, they are a weird team. Very, very strange. It might be a Trey Young problem. Um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally. Does he need to come home? I'm not totally ready to. Pu- Dude, Trey Young's <laughs> been. Ne- Thank you. Yes, Trey Young has been needing to come home. If you don't get the reference, Trey Young has bad hair. My boy needs to shave it. <laughs> get rid of it, dog. You can have your little facial hair. You can. You can rock with that. Go bald. Look at. Look at Derek White. Derek White is going to be a damn all-star this year. Why? <laughs> Shaved his head. Shaved his head. People are going to be like, he's playing better. Like, yeah, but let's get to the cause. Let's get to the root of this. <laughs> the root of it. The reason why anyone is going to vote for him, he came home. He came right. He came home. Trey Young right. needs to do the same thing. That's amazing. Um, let's talk about DeJounte Murray and the potential dominoes that that come with that because there is a Kings discussion within that. I don't want to get into a hypothetical trade. Uh, and who do you give up? Who do you not? There is there is uh, something within the idea of the Kings trading really for anybody, but DeJounte Murray is just kind of a good jumping off point because the Kings are playing the Hawks tonight. So that's what we're going to do next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Manson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty. Kings Hawks tonight. Dejounte Murray was a big topic of discussion on the show yesterday. It's a big topic of discussion during the break. Somebody brought up yesterday. A caller brought up the idea that hey, maybe the Kings could acquire Dejounte Murray in a trade. So here's what I want to talk about with you, James. DeJounte Murray specifically, and I, uh, we, yesterday we said that he kind of falls in between that realm of like Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and like role player. He's going to start, he would, I, 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 for, for me, uh, he's an improvement over what, what Kevin Herter offers as a, as a, as a two guard, mm-hmm. um, uh, particularly on the defensive end. And and he's a starter, but he's not probably he's made an all star team, but he's probably not going to be an all star caliber player for you. But he's definitely a starter and definitely an improvement. Right. Um, my question is, if you bring in Dejounte Murray, or or fr- frankly, really anybody that's going to um, start. Anybody who's going to come in, whether it's Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, or, or whoever, and assuming you're keeping Keegan Murray, is there a concern that making that kind of addition, like let's stick with Dejounte Murray since since he's he's front and center tonight. That is a second ball handler mm-hmm. who can create his own shot. He's a twenty points per game guy in the NBA, which is like man. That would be great for the Kings. He's currently playing off the ball with Trey Young, but you can play him on the ball. He can create his own shot. He's what what we say a thirty seven percent three point shooter this year. Thirty seven point four. He can knock it down from beyond the arc. Um, the he's he's got a good enough offensive game that you're like, hey, you're comfortable saying that that guy's going to score twenty a night for you. Are you worried at all that that then knocks Keegan Murray down a peg in the? King's offensive hierarchy where all of a sudden maybe you're stunting that development that we look at right now on December 29 and you go, man, he could be a really, really excellent player for you one day. Are you worried at all in making such an addition that, hey, maybe Keegan Murray takes a little bit of a backseat now? Maybe not on purpose. The Kings may not say like, hey, Keegan, we want you to take a backseat to DeJounte Murray or OG or whoever it is. But do you think that maybe that's just kind of where he naturally falls where, Hey, now it's De'Aaron Fox. Then it's DeJounte Murray or whoever. And then it's 
Keegan when it comes to scoring and going and getting a bucket? Yeah, I think it depends on the the type of player you're bringing in. So if I'm, it, it always like we always talk about the two players for Toronto, right? You mm-hmm. have OG, who's more of a defender and a reasonably good scorer. He's basically in his prime. Harrison Barnes as a scorer, but a much better defender. And then you have Pascal Siakam, who can you know is average twenty four a game. Mm-hmm. So. I think that if you were to bring in Pascal Siakam, you are asking for Keegan Murray to take a momentary step back in year one, year two, uh, like or for Keegan, year his second and third year, mm-hmm. and then eventually you'll see him elevate and someone else, you know, take a step backwards. I think OG doesn't require that. I think mm-hmm. he's just a better version of what you already have, right? If you're going with Dejounte Murray, there's Dejounte Murray isn't going to average twenty points a game on the Kings. He might average 17. He might average 18. Mm-hmm. But I think that Keegan Murray could still floor, uh, you, you know, like flourish. He could still be good. He could still like find his way. You're just improving the skill. And you're also av- adding another playmaker, mm-hmm. which like, look, I, I don't think you can have too many playmakers. You can have too many ball dominant players. Right. You can't have too many playmakers. No and, doubt. And that's what, but that's, I guess that's my question is like right now, because I'm envisioning a future where it's Keegan Murray is the number two guy, where uh, either De'Aaron Fox is out or just on a given possession, like Keegan Murray is going to go and create his own shot. Mm-hmm. Where wherever that shot winds up landing, you know, t- t- depends on on you know. I, I'm I don't necessarily mean like hey, create his own shot where you know he can shoot a three off the bounce. I'm talking about getting inside, uh, getting to the rack. Uh, getting into whatever mid-range game he likes to get to, where it's just like, man, that is a score. That's a that's a guy you can get the ball to, and he's going to go put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. I think if you're getting Dejounte Murray, it is with the expectation that hey, he's now going to be that guy. You're not getting Dejounte Murray to go be dribble handoff guy. That's not. I, I don't think that would be the the goal with him offensively. And now that that takes possessions away from Keegan Murray. That takes opportunities away from Keegan Murray to go be that guy because now it's like, yeah, hey, traded assets to go get this guy and now he's deferring again. When to me right now, it should be all about like, Keegan, go get your buckets. Mm-hmm. And I would I, that would be my one pause on going and getting another, another player who plays on the ball. No, I totally get that. I mean, it's going to be like fit means everything when it comes mm-hmm. to this team. And so you do need to look for players that fit the role. and mm-hmm. But you also want players that don't just generally acquiesce to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, right, that that's not what you're looking for. And, you know, we've talked about, like, the Chris Middleton comp for, for Keegan Murray. And Middleton, at his height, which is kind of surprising, the most he ever scored in a game, in a season, is 20.9 points per game. Mm-hmm. And I think we think of Chris Middleton as, like, something way above that, right? But if you look at the way that the Bucks are constructed, it they've always had a really, really great player in Giannis who's right. averaging 30-plus. But they've also had, uh, like, Drew Holiday, who averages a bunch of points. They've got Now they have Damian Lillard, who averages a bunch of points. Mm-hmm. And maybe Drew Holiday's a bad example, you know, in his best seasons there, what I think is probably last year, where he was, like, around 18 points a game or whatever. But then you also have, like, yeah, Brooke Lopez, who who averages a certain amount of points. So, mm-hmm. so there, there's always going to be a give and take, and like players are going to have to like take a little bit less so someone else mm-hmm. can can get more. But I think if you're looking at the way the Kings are constructed, they have like an all world big who does everything, but isn't a true scorer, mm-hmm. who's probably more comfortable around 18 points a game than he is around 20. Mm-hmm. Then you have an all world scorer in De'Aaron Fox, who you know maybe averages 28 a game on the season or, or 30 right around that range. But that's right there. It's already tough to fit in another 20 point per game guy. Sure. So unless you're just all in on offense and, and just saying, okay, let's just bring in as many offensive weapons as we can, then you're going to run into this issue that there's only one ball and how do you share it and all that stuff. So, so I, I, I get I, your concern. I under, no, I understand all that. But like I said, right now they're they're One of the King's big things is like, Dude, Keegan, shoot the ball. Yeah. Like that is one of Mike Brown's like things this year is hey, we just want Keegan to let it fly. And that would be my if in February they go add a player who is, you know, on the ball a lot, 
and is creating his own shot a lot where, hey, now it's just Keegan Murray kind of hanging out in the corner. Oh, it's swung to him, and now he's hesitating to shoot it, or he's hesitating to put the ball on the deck Mm -hmm. because now he's deferring to De'Aaron Fox and another player and, you know, at times Domas, depending depending on the matchup and how his night's going. And that would that would worry me where right now we're looking and we're going, man, the projection over the next five years is sky high right now mm-hmm. because we've seen the maximized version of Keegan Murray where he is locking down Donovan Mitchell and then on another night he's scoring 47 and he's 12 of 13 from three. We already know he can shoot it like, oh my God, if he gets a little bit of, if, if he gets that shot creation to his game, watch out. To me, that ceiling drop some or that trajectory I shouldn't say the ceiling the trajectory drops some just because it it seems like his nature right now is to defer and if you bring in another player that he's like oh yeah I'm gonna defer to him now all of a sudden it's like we've got to go another year of hey Keegan go create go shoot go score yeah but that that's on the player yeah at, at what point does Keegan Murray not have to be told yeah right so it's only like you don't have kids, but when you tell your kid to go clean his room, mm-hmm. like the hope is eventually he understands that he needs to keep his room clean. Sure. Right. But some kids don't do that. Like they, they just don't like Keegan might always have to be told like, go do this, go Boy. do this, go do this. And that's, that's going to be frustrating, but I, I don't know. Like he has to take that as a responsibility on his own. And it doesn't matter who he's playing with. He needs to know that it's time for him to go and score buckets and not because he needs to score buckets. It's because him scoring buckets is how the team wins. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's a Kawhi Leonard thing with, with Popovich. It wasn't until Popovich explained to Kawhi Leonard, like, look, man, I'm not telling you to shoot all the time because I'm trying to get you a bunch of points. I'm trying to tell you to shoot all the time because that is how the San Antonio Spurs win a game because you're really good at what you do and we're really good in the position we're getting you to Mm -hmm. and I need you to shoot the ball because that's how we will win. Yeah. Well, that's where you have to get to with with Keegan where it's like he's he takes that next step in understanding that in order to win, he needs to be this player. Yeah. You know, just like there might be a point where De'Aaron Fox needs to go, okay, for us to win... I might need to average 27 a game mm-hmm. and get other people involved. And, yeah. and I'm not sure that that's the case, but I'm saying that there might come a point where yeah, yeah. he has to come to that realization himself too, that like averaging 30 a game looks f- fine on a box score, yeah. but in reality, does it equate to winning? Did you see what uh, Greg Popovich said about Scoot Henderson? No. Somebody asked if something about watching tape on Scoot, Scoot Henderson, and he's like, have you seen our record? Like, no, I didn't watch tape on him. Like, I'm sure he's a good player. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that was the thing with the with the Spurs during their dynasty. They didn't watch other teams. They watched themselves and just wrapped their own stuff over and over and over again. Well, that's what Mike Brown does. Yeah. Yeah, they're not so concerned about what's happening with the other team. No doubt. They, they have a, a coach who does a scout on sure. each game. Sure, and, and that's what, you know, whether it's Doug or whether it's, you know, one of the other assistants, mm-hmm. they, they do. But at the end of the day... Uh, they they're more concerned about what they do as a team. I have more to say on this Keegan Murray thing. It's not so much about Keegan specifically. It's just about the Kings yeah. and a and a larger a larger discussion about what's going on with their offense. And um, I don't want to harp too much on on their loss to the Blazers, but yep. something happened in that loss to the Blazers that a light bulb came on for me. Uh, with with the Kings offensively, and I want to get your thoughts on it. That's coming up next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Somebody in the chat was telling us to lighten up on Keegan. Mm. Like, dang, I wasn't trying to drag the guy. No, I don't think we I were dragging wor- him at all. <laughs> I think they were talking to somebody in the chat. Somebody uh, in the chat was like, he has no handle. He can't score. Right. Oh, God. Well, that's got it. crazy. Relax. Yeah, someone also brought up the Stockton Kings game last night, and I, I didn't realize that, that both Terrence Davis and Mo Harkless are playing for... Uh, the Rip City remix. So. Oh, Mo Harkless, shout out. Yeah, Terrence Davis went for 15 points, uh, four assists, and six rebounds off the bench. Mo Harkless had 10 points, four personal fouls, um, two rebounds. That that sounds like a Mo Harkless lineup. <laughs> Chris, Chris Murray had 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Uh, and then for the the Stockton Kings, Jalen Noel is back after going up to the big the big show. At 24 points off the bench. Stanley Johnson had 20, uh, had 14 points. Scow, Labby, Sierra had 14 points and 12 Is rebounds. every player on the Kings, on the Stockton Kings, a player with NBA minutes? Uh, one, because two, you just named three. Jalen Noel. Four. Like if Scow. You, if you want to count Colby Stanley Jones Johnson, and Slauson and, Colby and Jordan D- Ford. They all three count. Okay. Jeremy Lamb on the bench. Yep. Actually, you know what? No, the, the Kings guys you just named... Don't count. I mean, like guys who have been NBA players elsewhere. Well, definitely Stanley, Deontay Burton, uh, Jalen Noel, uh, Scal, Stanley Johnson. Uh, yeah, yeah, all those guys, <laughs> and, and of course Jeremy Lamb for sure. Shout out to the Stockton Kings. There we go, Stockton right. Kings. Everybody, did they get the dub? They did. They did. Oh, they yeah. one eleven one oh six. Good for them. I hope they get whatever the G League championship is. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? It was about Keegan Murray. We were talking about that. Oh, this. Okay. So our discussion that we had with Howard Beck earlier in the year, mm-hmm. he said this on this show and then and then on, on his podcast, Real Ones, he does on Mondays with, with Logan Murdoch and Raja Bell. And they were talking about like the the makeup of a championship team. How do you what are the criteria for a championship contender? And one of them was like, you got to have that superstar guy. And we talked about that yesterday. You got to have a 1A. De'Aaron Fox to me is a 1A. So to me, they've checked that box. You need to have two all-star guys. They've got that. Check that box. It's De'Aaron Fox. It's Demonis Sabonis. The third thing he said, though, and this really, when I was was looking back at at the game the other night against, against the Trailblazers, where it was Fox and Sabonis and then nobody else did anything. The third thing Howard Beck brought up, and I think this is a good one, is that like pecking order offensively. That that hey, this is the guy, and then this guy's your number two, and this guy is your number three, and there's that defined pecking order. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Kings have that right now. I think there's in theory, there is, right? In theory, it's hey, Fox one. And then Keegan two, and then probably Malik three, and then and then probably Sabonis four, in terms of like scoring, like because EOD you got to score the basketball. That's yeah, the point. So I, I think that's probably your. And if you want to quibble with with three and four or whatever, but I think in in an ideal world, Keegan Murray is number two for the Kings. That's where it's heading. 
Right. For it, sure. Ev- eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think the one of the issues for for the Kings right now is not just defensively because defensively they were abhorrent the other night and and we know that. But I think when when right now if Keegan Murray's off or if Kevin Herter is off or Malik Monk's not having a great night, I just don't there to me there's not one guy it's De'Aaron Fox and Domas, and everybody goes, okay, well, they're scoring, so I'm just going to kind of sit over here and, and do this. There's not that, like, hey, we're struggling right now. De'Aaron's doing all the scoring. There's nobody that just takes the reins and says, I'm the guy here. I am going to go take over. Nobody else is scoring. I'm going to go put up a bunch of shots and try and get us going in this game. Okay, so I think in in theory, it's that's probably not even Keegan. That's probably like Keegan is going to be a guy who go get, goes and gets you a bunch of uh, points in the flow of the offense. Mm-hmm. The guy you're talking about has got to be Malik Monk, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, I think there are times. But I'm also going to say like if you look at his stats over the last week, week and a half, I think the foot injury has been a bigger deal for Malik Monk. It, and, it certainly feels like it. And so I think again, consistency. You're you, you want him to be consistent. I think the first 20 games of the season, he was consistently excellent. And I, I thought every night you're like, you had that guy who brought in a bucket, right? But then I think over the last like eight to 10 games, it might be not as much because I think he's hurting. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe we're just like, we're missing that point. Mm-hmm. But I would also say that if Kevin Herter and, and, Harrison Barnes, this is who they're becoming. Mm-hmm. These players that are like, you know, 10, 11, 12 points per game. Some nights they're on, some nights they're off. You don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. They're not doing a lot outside of that, especially, mm-hmm. you know, Harrison Barnes is not rebounding. Kevin Herter isn't rebounding and his assist numbers are down from his previous years. Um, then that's where you start circling guys and saying, okay, I see what these guys bring. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they're still valuable NBA players, but can I get players that are better fits that, that, maybe can help my defense that maybe mm-hmm. can um if you're going to be at around 10 or 11 points a game then i want to lock down defender version of thousand percent at 11 dude. points per yes. game yes yeah. it's okay that you're down at 11 points per game because we got a guy at 30 we got a guy at 18 19 we got mm-hmm. a guy who i think can get to 18 by the end of the season yeah but if i and then we got another guy who who can average 15 off the bench okay so if these other guys are going to sit around that that okay, sort of unacceptable range or that, Mm -hmm. then they become plug-and-play guys. Mm -hmm. And I would rather see a plug-and-play guy that does more on the defensive end that might be able to block shots that might, you know, these other avenues. And again, the versatility of of Keegan Murray to be able to slide over and play the three or play the four, Mm -hmm. that means that maybe you can go get a a, a four that's a big-time shot blocker, a three and D, a four, and then maybe you can go get more of a... Uh, defensive minded to whatever. But I think that that's where we've kind of like shaken out the roster at this point. You still need shooters. You still need these, these pieces, but you can have different versions of those players. Mm-hmm. A- and that's where I think we're heading with this roster. And that's why I do believe there will be trades between now and February 8th. I think yeah. there will be maybe one, there might be two. And I don't think that they're worried about shaking things up as much as they are. How do we support the, the big three slash big four better. That's it. That's what that's that's what everything is about right now. And the reason I bring up the pecking order thing is because I think that's what the next two months, month and a half. Yeah, I think that's what the next month and a half, and then the the rest of the season, and then whatever playoff run they have is going to be about is figuring out what that looks like. Because if you're waffling ultimately on whether Keegan Murray is your your second best guy or not. Or you're waffling on whether you want Malik Monk to be your third score, or your second score, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where you wind up needing to make changes because I I don't think it's I don't here's I don't think the it's Deer and Fox and then yeah, hopefully everyone else figures it out on a given night thing works. Like I've commended Mike Brown for mixing and matching, and 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 frankly, like there's been opportunities this year where they could have really had this thing go sideways, mm-hmm. and he's done a really good job of mixing and matching, and, and their guys on the bench have done a good job of staying ready. Where hey, 
it's not the same rotation night in and night out, but they're kind of figuring it out on the fly and figuring things out as they go, where he's trying to whittle down what's the rotation in the postseason. But I don't think the De'Aaron Fox, okay, you know what you're getting from Domas, and then everybody else, it's like, eh. You could get five from Keegan, you could get 47. You could get 27 from Malik, you could get eight. That, I, I get there's going to be ups and downers, there's going to be ebbs and flows, but the fact that there's not a set order to me, at least that I can devise in my head, and maybe I'm just wrong, but the fact that there's right now, when I when I go, hey, who are the Kings' best players? It's like, okay, De'Aaron one, okay, Domas two, and then... Keegan I, or or Monk? Right, I right, actually right. I would I would say Monk is your right, right, best pro- player. Probably probably Malik Monk right now at least yeah. on a on a. I again we're doing this on December twenty nine. This is not about what the end of the year is going to look like. Yeah, but right now and then it's okay. So let's let's put Monk three, Keegan four, and then after that it's you know every every team after after about four is kind of up in the air, and that's fine if you're trying to figure it out after four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys. But the fact that on a night in, night out basis, you don't a hundred percent know, like, okay, this guy's three, this guy's four. Yeah. And that has to be what every discussion they're having right now in terms of making moves and making trades has to be about A, if they're comfortable with that being their four. Because I think that's still something they're deciding on. Now that is something I don't think will be decided by February eighth. Like, I don't think they're putting a deadline on, like, Malik Monk or Keegan Murray has to establish themselves as the second best scorer on the team by February 8th or they're gone. No. Like, that's not. <laughs> no. So, so that's that's a little, but I, I do think that's what the rest of the season is about, is kind of figuring out, okay, is that a bona fide, legitimate championship contending top four? Yeah, and I'll say this, Kyle. I, I think when you really start to break down, like, who this team is and you start comparing them to other teams. Mm-hmm. What they're lacking is, you know, that that PJ Tucker or that Danny Green type player, right? The dog. Well, it's the guy who just does the defense thing. Maybe he's a dog, but he he does the defense thing. He does all the dirty work. He does all that stuff. And I would say up until this point, I don't think the Kings felt like they were there in their progress. Mm, interesting. Right? So I don't think yeah, that yeah. they were to a point where you can have a Matisse Thibel starting at the three who gives you nothing offensively. And then all of a sudden I think maybe you do think you are there because if you have four guys that on any given night can go between like 20 and, and 35, right. Mm -hmm. That makes you really, really tough. Mm -hmm. Now you start needing these other pieces, Mm -hmm. these pieces that just support those dudes. Mm -hmm. Like I, I hate when people start, like pointing out the flaws of of Demonis Sabonis because Demonis Sabonis's flaws are as much a team issue as they are a Demonis Sabonis issue. Mm. The fact that he can't, that he's not a shot blocker, that mm. he doesn't have long arms, like who cares? I mean, the guy averages like 19 points, 12 rebounds, and seven and a half assists per game. Mm-hmm. He can't give you everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who else doesn't block shots? De'Aaron Fox doesn't block shots. He also doesn't rebound at a high clip. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's an okay rebounder, but like, I'm not going to accuse De'Aaron Fox of like not being a good NBA player because he has a flaw or two to his game. Every player has a flaw. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see a perfect NBA player. Giannis Antetokounmpo can't hit a consistent three point shot. Sure, right? It's not, but that's uh, okay. But I, I think the the that's the issue is it's not like, wow, Demonis Sabonis sucks. And if, again, anybody who's just saying he stinks, I don't care what they think. Yeah. Like they don't, this is, that's not the discussion. No, no, no. The discussion is, Hey, he's the King's center. The Kings have a really hard time defensively when a, somebody gets by a Kevin Herter or whoever on the perimeter. I don't want to pick on Kevin Herter gets through the perimeter. And then there's just nothing there in the paint and it's, it's chaos. And it's too easy to score. Or that is a that is a team building problem. That no, is a roster problem. Exactly. It, exactly. And I'll bring it up is especially when we look at what happened against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert goes for twenty one points and whatever uh, twenty one point seventeen rebounds, something yeah. like that. Maybe it was a few more points. Mm-hmm. Almost every single one of his buckets came on a dunk 
after Demonis Sabonis tried to shift over and stop uh, an inline drive, right? Because somebody let somebody loose on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Gobert is sitting underneath the basket, dunk, 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 dunk. Mm-hmm. You can't say that that's on Demonis Sabonis. He's doing his best to do team defense. He was doing, he did a solid job because he forced those guys to make passes, mm-hmm. but there's not that secondary guy rotating, right? There's not that next step. So, two keys. Number one, you can't let the inline drive happen. So, if you had, again, like going back to the idea of a Danny Green on the outside, mm-hmm. if you had a Danny Green or a Matisse Thibel to stop that from happening maybe two or three times a game, then all of a sudden go bears down to 14 points in that game. Right. It's that simple. Yeah, and that's that's what that's I think that's the proper angle on the that discussion with with Demonis Sabonis. Yeah. Is it's not a I I I at least I don't believe. It's a Demonis Sabonis problem. It is a the Kings need to figure out how to who to pair with him. On the interior, where it is not up to Demonis Sabonis to be a rim protector, because that's what you're asking for. It legitimately, like you, like you said, that's like going, "Hey, Keegan, go play the five, protect the rim." Yeah, it's just it's not it's well, not in their bag, and that's fine. So, if the Kings are going to continue to roll out, hey, Domas is a starting five, and uh, Javale McGee is going to be the most defensive minded big on the team or the most defensive uh I don't even what's the word I'm looking for the most defensive the best rim protector on the team sure yeah okay that's a problem and that's a that is a king's problem that is not unless unless the kings are going yeah hey dumbass you're a you are going to be the rim protector you're the guy it's up to you then well, like, okay, then you need to do something different. Kyle, the problem is that you walked into the season knowing that Demonis Sabonis has the same limitations Correct. as a rim protector Correct. as he has in the last couple yes. of years, and then you didn't address it at the three or the four. All the Which guys that nuts. play alongside him mm-hmm. are not rim protectors. Uh, like three of the four are not super athletes, and Keegan Murray is becoming a better athlete, mm-hmm. but they're not guys who are just defensive-minded lockdown like you have limitations and mm-hmm. it's it's okay that Sasha Vitenkov has limitations as a defender and he's actually been better than I thought that's it, same dude it, I was it, big wrong on Sasha yeah it, it's also it's okay that Trey Lyles has limitations but what you can't do is get down to your your third and fourth forward and still you're saying the same thing mm-hmm. like there is no variance there mm-hmm. and that's a problem they yeah. aren't all the same players but none of them give you what you need. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the long and the short of it. Like, if this is a group you're going to run out there, mm-hmm. you're going to have problems. And that's why, again, I like Trey Lyles at the five mm-hmm. and you getting a shot-blocking three and D four mm-hmm. that can support both Sabonis and Trey Lyles in mm-hmm. that situation. But they didn't do it, and so now you're still looking for that piece. And that's why... We talk about a John Collins. That's why we talk about a Kyle Kuzma. It's, we keep talking about this same specific type of player. Mm-hmm. You don't have one. And that's why we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you didn't solve the riddle. And it's still sitting out there. And at the same time, you have other limitations at other positions on the floor where it exposes what Demonis Sabonis isn't good at. Yeah. Just because he's not good at that, I, like, come on now. Like, there's a, every single player in the league as a major flaw. Yeah, and I think if I think if if the take is um the, <laughs> the Kings can't go into the postseason with Demonis Sabonis as their best interior defender, like, okay. I would agree. Like I, <laughs> I, I is gonna look at you and go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't think that's a, it, it's it's the again, this all comes back to the problem is is like every single team needs that. There's not, maybe there's one or two that I'm not, but there's not a lot of teams that are like, yeah, hey, we're four deep with bigs on our bench who were really comfortable playing 25 minutes a night because defensively they're really good and offensively they do their job. Yeah. It's just hard to find those dudes. Well, I'd even say, Kyle, that there are a a bunch of teams in the league that would love to have four forwards that can shoot the three at a high clip Mm -hmm. that that are, you know, rotational rotation Mm -hmm. caliber 
that can shoot the ball like that. They're every team in the league. Like I remember Dave Yeager told me the key to modern NBA really strangely, it's the stretch four. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a stretch four, you're absolutely cooked. Mm -hmm. And so he said, please get me a stretch four. They went out, they got Anthony Tolliver, sort of like the bottom of what you can possibly get as. And he said, you know how much better we are with Anthony Tolliver on the floor than any other lineup we have. Yeah. He's, it's just that one guy to pull the defense out. <laughs> and so I get why the Kings do it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can't walk back into the season with the same limitations at all of your forward positions, Yeah, not address the problem, think that you're going to address it with a guy who does not play with Demonis Sabonis yeah. and, and expect that to be the answer. Yeah, Like I'm a-okay with everything Demonis Sabonis does. Like, are there nights where he struggles? Sure, every player does. But yeah. like, the dude brings his hard his hard hat and his lunch pail to work every single game, and he battles and he rebounds and he does all the things. On occasion, there's a tall guy who scores over the top of him, but the inline drive stuff and the the fact that he's not a shot blocker at the rim or the mm-hmm. fact that his guy is dunking while he's trying to cover up for somebody else, yeah, that's not a Demonis Sabonis problem. No, I would, I would, I would agree. I, yeah. it, it it is insofar as the Kings are asking him to do it. Well, and, I, I and guess, yeah. That's I, I, I <laughs> he's not going to become a shot blocker overnight, and the Kings knew that. And I I'm that's why yesterday when we were saying, hey, okay, trade deadline. What's the biggest need to to me? If they're going to make one move, if it is somebody, even if it's eighteen minutes a night that can come in and when the Blazers have Dwop Wreath going off, it's like, hey, he's going to keep this NBA player that some people have never heard of, me, James. The, 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 James and I have never heard of. <laughs> um, from, from having 25 and 9. Great. Love that. That's inexcusable either way. That's that's not that that doesn't that's, matter. That's, that, I mean wow. that that's inexcusable either way. <laughs> so, no, uh, but it's also why when somebody asked yesterday about Jonathan Isaac, mm-hmm. yeah, like the idea of Jonathan Isaac is perfect. It is, but the actuality of who Jonathan Isaac is as a player, the fact that mm-hmm. he's missed like most of the last four years, yeah. like no, I'm not paying a guy eighteen million dollars to sit on the bench mm-hmm. at, with uh, with a knee brace on. Yeah. I'm just not doing it. That's not what the Kings need. Mm-hmm. The Kings missed a fewest games in the league last year because they don't have injury prone players. If you go get an injury prone player, you're going to miss more games. That's it's the way it works. Yep. So, but yeah, go find that guy in a different like form. I would like I would like to see them this offseason whatever assets they wind up having in the offseason, whether it's second round pick or two or undrafted guys. I'm I don't, I don't want to see them go get a player. It's like, yeah, hey, this guy played for four years and he's going to be able to play in the system. And man, the upside isn't very high, but he's going to plug and play. Like, no, 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 no. Get me all upside. I just <laughs> want dudes who jump out of the gym and are six nine or six eight and whatever. And hey, maybe they stink and they they hang out in Stockton for a while and then and then they're they're not in the league anymore. But hey, maybe you run into Herb Jones. You know, maybe you run into a guy who who can in a year or two be in your playoff rotation as a defensive stopper, knock down the occasional three, and you suddenly like, yeah, hey, there's that injection of of athleticism and defense that that we need because I don't think you're going to find it for cheap in free agency, and you're certainly uh, not going to have a, a a great time finding that uh, without a first round pick. Um, Kyle, they drafted him for the Dallas Mavericks. Olivier Maxon's Prosper. That's the guy you're talking about. Well, that's the all upside, crazy upside guy. He was sitting there. Boy. And, and he's not the only one. There are other guys that, <laughs> that fell that they selected at, you know, wherever. Like when they drafted Colby mm-hmm. Jones. And, and there, there were players like the Leonard have, Millers of the world they, that you're just like, oh my gosh, the upside. They have the opposite problem that Golden State had has slash had. Mm-hmm. Golden State needed dudes that could plug and play, and they were drafting upside. Yeah. Jonathan Kaminga, or uh, Jonathan James Kaminga, Weisman. James Wiseman, or those guys can't figure it out how to play in this system. The Kings have the other problem. It's like okay, they've got all these guys that can play in their system. They've got Colby Jones, like we love him. This is Studio One where I sit. That's the official clubhouse of the Colby Jones fan club. 
but they to me need a not Jonathan Kaminga specifically, but that type of like man all upside. Like let's just see what happens. And to me, they need that uh, an influx of that type of player. Yeah, Anyways. no, I, I, they do. They need Jalen McDaniels. They need like that type of guy. Yeah. Like, and you can find those guys, but you also have to be searching for those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thousand percent. Do you want to do Mad Props next? That's fine. You want to do that now, or should we talk about the Niners Commanders game first? We haven't talked to like hardly any Niners. We can talk Niners. We can hold whatever you want to do after the break. I don't man. know what we're doing, man. Uh, I don't know. The, I'm winging it. I'm winging it here. You're just like wearing a White Sox hat and winging it. Why does everybody have a problem with my White Sox hat? <laughs> I don't have a problem with it at all. It's nuts. I get that Manny's <laughs> a Cubs guy. Okay, I get. I understand that one. Manny and are in the chatty house. The Cubs guy. I see some other people talking the White Sox. Like, what's wrong with it? I like it. Me too. Yeah. It's like the old uh, Jose Guillen White Sox hat. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know. We'll do something. We'll talk some NFL next. We'll do Mad Props later. All right. 49ers and Commanders. I think the Niners are not in trouble. I'm not going to say they're in trouble because that's too far. I just think this game is going to be a little tougher than they expect. Although, some news came down this morning that maybe... Uh, will be will be helpful for San Francisco. We'll tell you what it is next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 